From Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Put my name up in the night. What is good, brothers and sisters? Who decided to put Freddie Coleman in for Jason Fitz and Harry Douglas together on Fitz and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series X and Channel 80. And don't forget to tell your smart, see, smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Harry, I say this. Someone's getting fired for making this decision. That's how I look at it. <laughs> And it, ha- and it happens to be Love Friday, too, Freddie. Yeah, no. So we going all out today, baby. See, that's what I'm worried about, that the whole nation is going to be having like a blue lights in the basement moment based on this show starting at noon Eastern time. We're bringing the midnight to the show today. Is that what well, we're doing each and every Friday? Well, well, blue lights or black yeah. lights or uh, candles, whatever you desire. <laughs> we don't discriminate no for lights. any <laughs> Anything that makes that work as far as exactly. that goes. I just want to make sure I understand the rules of engagement one way or the other when it comes to what's going to happen here <laughs> on this Friday. And so many people talking about yesterday, Harry, when you had Princeton pulling the upset against Arizona, you had Furman pulling the upset against Virginia. No doubt about that. That's what makes the NCAA tournament special. But, dude, how about Houston, man? I mean, two injuries, they got to deal with that. All of a sudden, a potential number one seed may not be around, Harry, until the second weekend. Yeah, and, it, and it's sad because you, you see Sasher, who, who's their playmaking guy, and you see him limping. He didn't play much in that game yesterday. And you're kind of worried about that injury going into the game, a groin injury, which isn't easy, especially on a basketball court when you're tra- changing directions, Freddie, right. uh, at, at every moment that you're on the court. Right. Based on movement of who you're guarding or even when you're, you know, trying to come off screens or you're mm-hmm. trying to get downhill in the pick and roll. It, it's, it's aggravating. And every time you elevate and shoot the basketball, right. your abdominal area, all those muscles are attached to your groin area. Because I know, Freddie, I tore mine twice. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, oh. So, I, so I know. My, my sympathies so and prayers on that one, my friend. Yeah. Like, so every movement is going to aggravate it. It's just about, you know, your pain tolerance. But then it gets to a point where you might not be able to tolerate the pain. Mm-hmm. But it, on top of that, you know, Kevin Sampson. His twin sister passed away recently. Ooh, really? So wow. imagine him have to deal with that and also get his guys going for an NCAA tournament basketball game. You you combine all those things together, and it's just a lot to deal with right now. I didn't know about that when it comes to Kelvin Sampson and losing his twin sister because I wonder how much of that, Harry, played into Houston allowing Marcus Sasser to play because Kelvin Sampson said, you know what, he felt good, so I gave him the opportunity to see how much he could tolerate Harry, based on what you just said, I wonder how much of that factor into letting Marcus Sasser make the decision because I know if I'm the head coach, if I'm the training staff, if there's any potential that that could be compromised again, he did not have a lot of time between playing the American Athletic Conference Championship game on Sunday and then playing a round one game on Thursday, I'm going to err on the side of caution saying, we got enough of a team. We should beat a 16th seed in Northern Kentucky without you. I wonder how much of what you just said about Kelvin Sampson, not saying his mind was somewhere else. I don't want to be that guy saying that. But a line Marcus Sasser having that trust, maybe having too much trust to think that he knew it was better for his body instead of the coach and the training staff maybe making more of that decision for him. Look, and, and Coach Sampson even said it. He said, okay, I've been with this guy for four years. I trust him. I trust his body. But at the same time, when you're dealing with grief, mm-hmm. and it's not just a sibling, it's your twin yeah. sibling. So, like, as close as siblings may be, when you have a twin, just about everything that you guys do is in unison. Right. You were in the womb together. So, you know, your feelings towards your, your, your sister or twin or brother, if you may have, is going to be different with another sibling that you may have. And mm-hmm. 
a lot of that may have been weighing on him. Uh, but I also I, I'm not going to question Coach Sampson's coaching ability because he's been doing it at a high level for a very long time too. And if he trusts his player, who he's been with for a very long time, to go out there and make that decision, then that's the decision they made. Now, moving forward, mm-hmm. I don't know how they're going to deal with it because now you have to wrap that thing up. So now it's kind of limiting, you know, a lot that you may want to do on that side of your body. So now you're compromising your other leg, and right. now you're susceptible for more injuries as well. Yeah, Kelvin Sampson, Houston head coach, had this to say about the status of Marcus Sasser when it comes to Saturday when Houston takes on Auburn as a number one seed. I asked Marcus. Uh, he just felt it. You know, he tried. I, I, I just basically told him to, you know, just rest it, you know, um, this time of year, this time of year, it's, you know, that's the team we had on the floor is not the team we've played uh, 34 times this year or 33. Everybody kind of shifts around and you have to reassign roles, all that stuff. But, you know, let's, let's stop right there and let's give Northern Kentucky some credit. Harry Douglas, Freddie coming together on Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series X and Channel 80, as well as tune in. When I hear somebody sounding like that when it comes to Kelvin Sampson, yep. that tells me all I need to know that Marcus Sasser is not going to be available on Saturday. He's also got to deal with Jamal Shedd, who has a hyperextended knee, and he said this concern about that. That sounds like a weary dude as if to say, man, we're really good but we're not the good team we're supposed to be, a potential Final Four team, Harry, without those two dudes, especially Marcus Sasser, who's the engine for the Houston Cougars. Well, when you look at who they play next, they play an Auburn Tigers basketball team who is led by Bruce Pearl, who has a ton of experience as well as, as, as being one of these top teams in the NCAA tournament. Now, they're not a top team at the moment, but he has that experience. And I watched his guard play yesterday. His mm-hmm. big and his guard really, really, you know, pushed them through in their first-round matchup to get them to this point to play in the round of 32. So moving forward, but, but you also can hear this. You can just from the way yep. Coach Sampson says, mm-hmm. you can hear the injuries and also what he's dealing with outside of basketball on his shoulders right now. You can tell it all by the way he sounds. Yeah, it's it funny because coming into the tournament, the team that people most worried about as a number one seed was Purdue. Because mm-hmm. people looked at them and said, yeah, they won the Big Ten regular season. Yeah, they won the Big Ten championship game. But no, I don't want to trust Purdue. I know Zach Eady's really good in the middle, but I can't trust that team and trust their guards. And now all of a sudden, that's completely, completely flipped based on the fact that injuries can be that ultimate equalizer. You can be a team in Houston where you're looking for that you think you got a team this year. Not only, Harry, that can win a national championship, but winning a national championship in your home city, in yes. your hometown of Houston. So there was a lot of anticipation. And I read a great article earlier this week about something always seems to happen to keep Houston from winning a national championship. When Elvin Hayes played there, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, then Lou Alcindor, he got in the way. <laughs> Five slammer jammer, that, the North Carolina States, and Patrick Ewing at Georgetown, that got in the way. Everything seems to be the perfect path for Houston to win a national championship, and now you got two injuries happening in the NCAA tournament, the two guys that you really need to make this try to happen for the Houston Cougars. But you know what, Freddie? If, if I'm Houston, right, I'm it, the mindset of an athlete, right? If, I'm, if uh-huh. I'm Houston, right now we have to take things one game at a time. And the next opponent that we have is Auburn. Mm-hmm. And we have to really come together, especially dealing with these injuries and understanding what our coach is going through as well. Right. So I want to see leadership from, player, from a player perspective. 
right, on how they're going to handle this and come out within their next ball game. Yeah. Because the first 10 minutes is going to tell me everything I might need to know about this team and where their mindset is against Auburn. One of the, I'm glad you mentioned that because something I mentioned last night when I was on Freddie Fitzsimmons, Chambers Plug, 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday on ESPN Radio. And I said, now for the first time in a long time, Houston have to have guys that have to override their job description because that's always the danger with me, and we both can speak on this. You play in the NFL, you play college football, I play college football. When you lose a key component and somebody that's a great leader along the lines of Marcus Sasser, the danger is that guys will try to do too much and do something outside of their job description that they're not capable of doing. That's where Kelvin Sampson, in my opinion, really has to come into play and say, guys, trust us as a coaching staff that we're going to get you in the right positions. But we're not going to ask you to do more than you can because that's not going to be fair to you. And it's really going to upset the ecosystem that we've been able to create as a, create as a Houston Cougars team. That's the danger, if I'm Kelvin Sampson right now, Harry, that I worry about going to play an Auburn team that has nothing to lose. And you're right, Janai Broom was terrific last night. 19 points, 12 rebounds, and five block shots, a transfer from Moorhead State. Obviously, you got to deal with a team that's healthier than you and they don't have any kind of concerns along the lines that Houston has trying to overcome the loss of two of their leaders. And we've seen it in the National Football League this year, right? We've seen Von Miller be a guy that the Buffalo Bills bring in, Mm -hmm. brought in, and he went down. But Von had to lead in different ways. Just because those guys are hurting, they may not play, don't mean they still can't lead as players, right? Absolutely. I I would be the first to say, hey, I need those guys to go grab the other guys and say, hey, we need you. I'm down. Right. Right. We, mm-hmm. I need you, but I need you within the, the confines of the offense and the defense that we're trying to do. You don't have to be Superman. You don't have to be he, uh, play hero ball. Right. Just step it up a little bit more and understand that, hey, I might be down. We also seen it with the San Francisco 49ers, right? Mm-hmm. Quarterback at the quarterback at the quarterback. So they were able <laughs> to face that adversity head on and have success until it got down to their fourth string quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> it like, was the first like, string running back. <laughs> exactly. So uh, it, it's different different levels of it. And, and, you know, in different sports, a lot of teams face it. I think it's how you – it's adversity, how you face it and how you come out, come out from it. And that's part of the Boost Mobile Tournament preview. By the way, switch to Boost Mobile for the power to save on one of America's largest 5G networks. Got my man Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman in for Jason Fitz on Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. There was one win that happened yesterday that nobody paid attention to, and you're going to have to do that now. We're going to tell you what that win was, and we'll get you set for tip-off of day two from the early window today. That's next on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Demoy Hodge, open look at a three ball. That's good. Demoy Hodge with a three, and Missouri up 62-53. There's no against Otter. Otter took it away. Here comes Missouri. Over to Hodge, left sideline. Hodge, quick three in transition. It's good. Missouri 76, Utah State 65. The Missouri Tigers will advance in the NCAA tournament. Sound courtesy of Westwood One NCAA Radio Network. Welcome to Getting Your Groove on Friday here 
on Fitz and Harry. Got Harry Douglas, Freddie coming in for Jason Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Tune in and don't forget to tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. I guarantee you plenty of Mizzou fans, they are filling that groove because their team's in the second round of the NCAA tournament. They've been filling the groove ever since Dennis Gates got there to take over one year later after being hired. He's got his team in the second round of the NCAA tournament. Should be an out-of-sight matchup when they take on another group of Tigers called Princeton. That game is 16 Eastern time on Saturday on TNT. And Dennis Gates, the head coach of Missouri basketball, joins us now on Fitz and Harry. And, Coach, I remember two years ago when you and I taught you at Cleveland State and you led that team to NCAA tournament. I said back then, I don't think you're going to be there much longer. Two years later, Missouri, after your first year, is in the second round of the NCAA tournament. What has that journey been since the last time we had that conversation? Well, I think the biggest picture, I've had um, an institution, President Moon Choi, Desiree Reed Francois, athletic director, our board of curators, believe in me enough to, um, you know, move away from Cleveland State University, where I had a great opportunity at, uh, to an even better opportunity. And, you know, we've just built a staff, built a program the best way we can, and yielding the results uh, is definitely on the shoulders of our tradition, our former coaches, players, and our fans. Coach, tell us about Kobe Brown because he's really stood out for your team, the Missouri Tigers, and what he means to your team as well. Well, Kobe Brown is a very versatile player, uh, one that is very, very uh, unselfish. Sometimes he's too unselfish. And, you know, the biggest thing is he's one of the top players in our country. Uh, I believe that his talent is underrated. Um, Obviously, he won Student Athlete of the Year Award in the SEC. We thought he was Player of the Year. Um, in addition to, um, you know, the other accolades that he's received, um, there's no doubt in my mind he's an All-American uh, in his own right. Uh, he achieved academic All-American status. But for us, man, there's no player more valuable to his team than than Kobe Brown. When you first saw him, what did you think about him? Well, I, I knew, you know, just from my, my time as an assistant coach, what talent looked like and what, statistics look like I, I thought he was a underrated shooter his percentages were lower than what I thought it should be he was in a 20 the high 20s and three-point percentage and I just knew he was a way better shooter than people give him credit and we wanted to bring out more of his shooting ability than anything else and make sure we could move him around the court in different spots uh, to highlight what he can really do with the ball in his hand without it inside outside pinch post and obviously in transition. So uh, that's what I initially thought. But more importantly, I thought he was a wonderful young man and is a wonderful young man, one that is high high character, high empathy, and, and again, unselfish. You guys are going to face Princeton in round two. Now, they like to slow things uh, down a little bit, get quality shots. How much of their game did you see versus Arizona and what stood out to you? Yeah, I watched, uh, you know, ever since we found out, um, and my job as a coach is to make sure we're focused. So uh, as soon as the game was over, uh, that when we played, uh, you know, Utah State, we were sitting patiently waiting. Um, Some coaches already start advanced scouting Princeton uh, in terms of what they do so that we could be best prepared as possible. And at that point, I began to watch that game on, on tape, on film, and I was able to rewind it and play it and rewind it and play it again. And it, it allowed me to get a sense of who they were and who they are. Very good team. I've known Mitch Henderson for years. He was a, a former assistant at Northwestern. 
Um, and he's done a great job once he took over the program at Princeton, um, going to two NCAA tournaments and two NITs. He has over a 200-plus uh, win record, uh, but unbelievable players in the program. Great stuff by Dennis Gates, the head coach of Missouri basketball. Hit him on Twitter, Coach D. Gates, joining Freddie Coleman and Harry Douglas on Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. This is a 15-seeded team when it comes to Princeton. Second straight 15-seeded team from the state of New Jersey who took down a team of Wildcats in the first round that has gotten to the second round. And that team last year went all the way to the Elite Eight, playing in a big conference mm-hmm. and someone who coached mid-major basketball. How much do you let your team know, like, hey, I've been in this position trying to take down the big guys. Don't let that happen to us. Well, I think the big picture is you can take all seeds away on Selection Sunday. Everyone's in that tournament because they have a good program, great coaches, and great players. And sometimes it's, it's just going to come down to two teams playing as very, very well, two teams playing their very best, and only one team can advance. So uh, it has nothing to do with rankings or seeds in my eyes. Uh, we face a great program, uh, and that's what we're focused on. Coach, I was able to, you know, go to Missouri this season. We had college game day um, at Kansas, and I drove to St. Louis and stopped by Mizzou on my way there. A very, very nice campus. I want to know what made you uh, so attractive to the job, and also why has the SEC become so dominant in basketball as well? Well, well, I would say this. When you look at um, the alignment at our institution, President Moon Choi, Desiree Reed Francois, athletic director, and our board of curators. Uh, that's very important in any any coach's future. Uh, I wanted to be locking arms and partnering with great people, um, and it would have taken a great situation for me to leave another great situation at Cleveland State, uh, and Mizzou provided that. The other part of it is the tradition, the tradition of coaches starting from Norm Stewart, Quinn Snyder, Frank Hafe, Mike Anderson, Kim Anderson, and Gonzo Martin. Those are some great coaches uh, in their own right, and I stand on their shoulders and former players. There are some great players that have uh, graced the uh, court in, in the Tiger uniform here at Mizzou, and I'm just thankful to be a part of it. Um, and, and the big picture is those things stood out, a great city of Columbia, a great place to, to raise a family, and ultimately they've opened their arms to me. Uh, and my loved ones. So I appreciate that for sure. What is the go-to spot for the Gates family to have dinner in Columbia? <laughs> it's several places, man. I can't just name one. It's several mm-hmm. places. Um, you know, you got G&D Pizza, Shakespeare Pizza. You have uh-huh. uh, Chris McDee's. You got CC's. Um, you also have one of my favorites in Nourish Cafe, okay. uh, which is a great place. Uh, I'm a vegan. So for me, um, I got to have certain things on my on my plate. Uh, to to satisfy my appetite. Well, coach, I mean, no reason to ask, ask you about a steakhouse, man, because you know I'm a steak eater, <laughs> and that was gonna be my next question, Murray, so coach. Murray, I'm a lead. I'm a lead them plants and everything else to you, coach. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you one thing: Murray's Murray's is a great place as well. Outstanding. Hey, Coach, really appreciate the time. I can't believe it's been two years since we last talked from Cleveland State. Your journey's been terrific with Missouri. Good luck when you take on Princeton tomorrow in the NCAA tournament. And good luck the rest of the way. And thanks for joining us on Fitz and Harry. Thanks a lot, M-I-Z. Yeah, great stuff by great stuff by Dennis Gates, the head coach of Missouri. And real quick, Harry, I can't believe two years ago I said, yeah, he's not going to be there long. I don't think anybody should be surprised what he's been able to do in year one. But nobody saw this this quickly from Dennis Gates, and now they get a chance to play Princeton to try to go to the Sweet mm-hmm. 16 tomorrow at 16 Eastern time on TNT. Well, no, it, it, 
listen, Coach Gates has done, has done a phenomenal job uh, at Cleveland State. He's done a phenomenal job at Mizzou. And just by talking to him, though, Freddie, I yeah. can tell how locked in he is oh, right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. And naming all the coaches that was at yep. Mizzou. Because mm-hmm. you can ask you can ask a lot of head coaches from universities right now uh-huh. who coached before them, and they yeah. could probably name one or two guys. Maybe. And don't know everyone. Yep. Or, or the most recent ones. You know what I mean? So yeah. Yeah. that lets me know he's a laser-focused guy. He's detail-oriented. And his team showed that yesterday in their in their win versus Utah State. He even know the coach that he's going to play tomorrow, Mitch Hennis, how many wins he yes. had and where yes. he was an assistant at Northwestern in the Big Ten. And speaking of Princeton, the coach of the Princeton Tigers that will play Missouri tomorrow, Mitch Hennison will join us here on Fitz and Harry at 1.15 Eastern time. Madness update. Right now going on an NCAA, NCAA East first-round match. you got Michigan State, the seventh seed, taking on USC, the tenth seed. Right now with 14.40 to play in the first half. Michigan State has an 11-9 lead over USC. That game is kicking off the games here on Friday, part of day two of the NCAA tournament. Keep an eye on that game and the other games that are going to happen as this goes along right here on Fitz and Harry. With Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman in for Jason Fitz. And we go from one part of green and white Michigan State to another team in green and white known as the New York Jets. The wait is over maybe for Aaron Rodgers joining that team. But someone else is already going from Green Bay to New York. And what he said this morning should have every Jets fan, yes, Mike Greenberg, ecstatic about Aaron Rodgers that they're about to get. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. I made it clear that my intention was to play and my intention was to play for the New York Jets. Do you envision yourself playing multiple years with the Jets or is it just a one-year type thing? Be adults, settle it clearly, keep the kids in mind, and move on. If people could only see the gyrations of Harry Douglas right now, it would be magnificent and frightening at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> that LSG, baby, my body. I you know, know. So, you know, Freddie, but you know a lot of these young cats don't know about LSG. Yeah, they don't know Levert, about Levert, Keith Sweat. Yeah, they don't know about any L-O-V. Johnny Gill. Mm, keep going. Jodas. Man. Keep going. Man, man, man. High five. Going down the line. I like exactly. Just go on the down way. the line. Believe me. We, we, we try to school them, but you can't school people that don't want to go to school. Let's put it that way. Harry there Douglas. I'm Freddie Coven for Jason Fitz on Fitz and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio. Don't forget about us on the ESPN app, SiriusXM Channel 80, and tell your smart speaker. Play ESPN Radio. Hit us up anytime you want at triple eight say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. We're still waiting for that press conference involving the Las Vegas Raiders. It was supposed to happen yesterday for Jimmy Garoppolo. It's now scheduled for noon on the Pacific time and three p.m. on the East Coast because of delayed a day. So stay tuned for that. But there was one press conference today involving another quarterback, even though he was not there. Alan Lazard, new Jets wide receiver, part of the Aaron Rodgers wish list. For guys that he wants to play with him, Harry, when he finally joins the New York Jets. Check out what Alan Lazard had to say about what the relationship is between him and his maybe ex and then soon future teammate. During my time with um, Aaron and Green Bay, you know, he really put his arm around me. And he's a he's a big reason why I'm here today. I can't deny that. You know, he, he stood up on a table for me during training camp when, 
I probably didn't deserve to make the roster, um, at least in the front office's eyes. And he called for me to be in the game. Um, he's relied on me in, in a lot of heavy pressure situations and has always believed in me. And so as a wide receiver, you, the best relationship you can have is with the quarterback. And the relationship I have with him is, has been phenomenal. Ooh, that's big. That, that's huge. And it's not the first time I heard that about Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. I recently heard something from running back Aaron Jones, who's the running back for the Green Bay Packers. Right. I heard him, you know, talk about some of the same things, how Aaron Rodgers went to bat for him to be in the game. It's like, hey, I want Aaron Jones in the game in, in this spot. And for Alan Lazard to be a wide receiver and have your quarterback, especially, man, you, you may be going through some rough times, some rough patches, and haven't come into your own like you, you probably have wanted to right. up until a certain point. Mm -hmm. And to have a guy who's a future Hall of Famer like Aaron Rodgers vouch for you, that means a lot, Freddie. Me and Matt Ryan came in the same year, in 2008. Okay. Right. And our relationship was so dynamic because, number one, we were drafted together. So we went through a lot of the same things together. But he had a great relationship as well with our other receivers and Tony Gonzalez as, as well. So Alan Lazard speaking about a guy in A-Rod in this manner means a lot. And, and I don't blame Alan Lazard for wanting to be in the same place that Aaron Rodgers is supposed to go to. He just had his best year of his career with 700, over 780 yards and six touchdowns. He's a big body guy. And if you watch the game where the Green Bay played the Jets this season, you see that 6'5", 225 frame really coming to play. You've seen on slot fades and go routes that Aaron Rodgers is going to Alan Lazard, and I think it also will add another dimension for the Jets mm -hmm. to have a big-bodied guy and also a guy that Aaron Rodgers knows, and he knows Aaron Rodgers as well, along with Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator. You just said something that I'm going to speak on in terms of relationships in a couple of seconds. I also want people to hear what Alan Lazard had to say about what he's talked about Aaron Rodgers with those two maybe joining the Jets together. Aaron, when it comes to the offseason, um, communication dwindles a little bit, um, respectively. <laughs> but yeah, there was a, we were able to, you know, he works out at the same place I do in Los Angeles. So we were able to kind of cross paths and just connect a little bit and share our insight on, on what we were thinking and everything. But there was no implications of trying to do this in a sense. You know, like, like I had previously said, you know, we were both trying to do what's right for the both of us. Um, and obviously him and his situation is a little bit different with his career and everything and where I want to take my career, the next step and stuff. So obviously standing here today, it feels feels good knowing that 12 is going to be my quarterback again. And the words of Alan Lazard, <laughs> Jets' new wide receiver from the Green Bay Packers, wide receiver. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio with Harry Douglas and, Jay and Freddie Coleman and for Jason Fitz. Something you just said about you and Matt Ryan being together in that relationship and hearing Alan Lazard say the kind of relationship that guys have had with Aaron Rodgers it completely destroys the whole thing about Aaron Rodgers wrecking a locker room because I have yet to hear anybody with all the stuff that Aaron Rodgers has put the Packers organization through and it's been America's nightmare with Aaron Rodgers, what is he going to do and what is he not going to do and having that power stroke. I have yet to hear anybody anonymously or not anonymously, Harry, saying, man, that guy's a bad guy in the locker room or we can't stand that guy in the locker room or we have to have that guy to win, but we can't stand the locker room. I've yet to hear one person say that about Aaron Rodgers. You can think whatever you want about Aaron Rodgers, fair, unfair, I'm good with it. But when people say that he's a locker room killer or he's going to kill the Jets locker room, I've yet to hear anybody say that about Aaron Rodgers with all the stuff that he has quote-unquote pulled with that organization Green Bay the last two to three years. And, Freddie, I'll say this really quick. Now, 
do I think Aaron Rodgers certain things that he's handled, especially last season, could he could he have done a better job of it? Yes, because publicly you don't some things you you can do publicly, yeah. but at some point you have to dial it back. But you get the sense from those guys on that team is that they understood that this is a Hall of Fame quarterback, this is our leader, this is a guy who's in a position to where he can do some of those things. Now, I, and I, and I, and I will, re, will reiterate this. I wish it could, couldn't have been so much. Right, I pointing hear you. the fingers. But at the same time, you didn't hear those guys complaining about it mm-hmm. like we do in the media. Mm-hmm. Because it's always one person that'll say, hey, you know, so hey, Adam Schefter, hey, Ian Rappaport. There's always all, that one all guy. All it takes is one. Right? All it takes is one. There's always that one guy, and then people will say, well, maybe he's speaking for the locker room. I've yet to hear that from any one guy. Yep. Either they're really afraid of Aaron Rodgers or he's not that potential locker room killer that people keep trying to put out there. Part of that narrative involving Aaron Rodgers on his way from Green Bay to the New York Jets at a certain point, that's probably going to happen sooner than later or later than sooner. He's Harry Douglas and Freddie coming in for Jason Fitz on Fitz and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive commercial insurance flexes to fit your business needs, from quick repairs to adjustable coverages and even payment options. Progressive commercial makes it easy to get what you need. Quote today in as little six minutes at ProgressiveCommercial.com. So I get it, Jets fans. I'm one of you. We're feeling pretty good about our team. But there's one thing that could happen this offseason that could leave us saying, S-O-J, same old Jets. Yikes. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Breaking news from ESPN's Adam Schefter. The Ravens have placed the non-exclusive tag on quarterback Lamar Jackson. This is more than just about money. The relationship between the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson isn't a relationship that is in a good place. Give it to me, Ronnie Wilson. Yearning for your love. Go get it, Charlie Wilson. You got Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together on Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, as well as the ESPN app, Series X and Channel 80. And don't forget to tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Hate to do this to you, Jets fans, and I'm one of you. But if your heart's been burning for Aaron Rodgers to be there to kind of flip things in the AFC East, there's that team called the Patriots that just may ruin your all your Sundays. Why? Well, Rob Ninkovich, ESPN NFL analyst, former Patriot, mind you, was on Get Up, and he said this team, meaning the Patriots, could be a dark horse for who? If you're the Patriots and you go and you make an attempt to get Lamar, that changes everything, absolutely everything. And listen, I am a huge fan of just Lamar's style of game and what it puts on a defense, the stresses. And there's needs and wants, okay? A need is necessary for life. A want, it helps helps your quality of life. I don't need Lamar here, but I sure as heck want to see Lamar running around with a with a New England Patriot on his helmet. Because if I if you see it out there, the Patriots instantly instantly become division favorites, and to me, get right back into that Super Bowl hunt. Ooh, but I would even say this. I would add this to it. I think the Patriots need a guy like Lamar Jackson. I don't think they want. Him. I think they need a guy like him. Okay, I'm listening. Because when you look at the division, right. you have Josh Allen. 
You had Tua Tagovailoa, when he's out there, he played at a very, very high level. Mm-hmm. And also, you have Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets if everything goes through. Think about that alone. Better yet, the AFC, in your own division, yeah. you have three quarterbacks that you have to deal with. And one thing I know about a Bill Belichick defense, right? If there's one type of player that gives this defense problems, it's a quarterback like Lamar Jackson, in which he had problems with Lamar in the past. He had problems with Deshaun Watson in the past. He had problems with mobile guys, Josh Allen, when Josh Allen started getting it going yeah. uh, at the quarterback position, right? So. Mm-hmm. They tried it with Cam Newton, you know, the COVID era thing, that, 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 that kind of diminished a lot of that. But having Lamar Jackson on this team and shifting things, because we already know they're a running football team at that. They just added James Robinson to go along with Ramon J. Stevenson. Right. They just signed Juju Smith-Schuster. Mm-hmm. They also just signed Mike Kosecki. So now you have the two tight end set with Hunter Henry. So you can still thrive off the run game and utilize those tight ends. But now you have a sure-handed wide receiver in Juju. I'm always give praise to Devontae Parker, Louisville native. Uh, give him some credit. I think Tyquan Thornton, though, the receiver that they drafted. If, they, if two, he can stay draft, healthy. Yeah, he's got he talent. he got to stay healthy because he's the guy that can take the top off and can run. Yeah, no doubt so about I, that. So I think Lamar Jackson being added to the New England Patriots would pay huge dividends, and it, and it will also allow them to compete. They had a top ten de- – Top eight defense last year, Freddie. Mm-hmm. Their offense is what kept them away from things and being able to make the playoffs a season ago. Well, number one, that's what you get for bringing back Matt, Matt Patricia and Joe Judge saying yes. call play. So you get what you deserve if you're Bill mm-hmm. Belichick. Something you just said in terms of having Lamar Jackson, having him in that division, because we know Bill Belichick hates the unscheduled. That is something that his disciple Nick Saban got used to in college football because he hated quarterbacks. That when things broke down and it wasn't part of the script, that they could go off script and make plays. Their defenses hated that. And Lamar Jackson is one of the ultimate not off the script guys, like Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, like Josh Allen in Buffalo. But I go back to what Rob Ninkovich says. I'm going to do my best impersonation of Brian Windhorst last year, the whole Utah, Memphis, Minnesota Timberwolves <laughs> trade. Why would Rob Ninkovich put that out there? Mm-hmm. The only reason, in my opinion, that he would put that out there is that. Being a former Patriot, he's still pretty close to that organization that somebody may have tipped him off or hinted or may just put it out there for whatever reason. He didn't just pull that out of his brain and just throw it out there. Somebody had to give him some kind of information to say, man, we're thinking about kicking the tires on a guy like Lamar Jackson, which means that if that could be the case, then does that mean Mac Jones is part of a trade going to the Baltimore Ravens? Rob Ninkovich, Harry, would not put that out there without somebody kind of giving him a little bit of a tip to say, we could be in the market to think about that because we believe he's going to be better for us because we're still not sold on Mac Jones after two years. Yeah, Nick played there for a long time. Nick has those relationships. He has those ties. He also knows people who who knows people who's close to the organization as well. Mm-hmm. So, and, and as far as Mac Jones, I think Mac Jones would fit in Baltimore and everybody probably saying why they, you know, they use a quarterback run. Well, let's not forget Todd Munkin has just become their offensive coordinator. Let's not forget what Tom Munkin was able to do for Stetson Bennett at Georgia before a lot of people, while a lot of people were saying that he's not the guy, you got to exchange him. Right. Including a guy like me until Stetson proved all of those people wrong and me and made it a believer out of myself right. while he was at Georgia and won a national championship two times in a row. And you may have people say, okay, the defense was phenomenal, but still your quarterback has to be feasible and your quarterback has to make plays when it's time to make plays in today's football and he was able to do that under top monkey so 
I, I like what Todd Munkin is. My thing is, if you're the New England Patriots and you're going to compete in the AFC, I, I just don't think Mac Jones is the guy to help you compete against a Patrick Mahomes, a Josh Allen, a Aaron Rodgers, a Justin Herbert, and yeah. all those guys. And Lamar Jackson, if he's not in New England, if they don't try to pursue him, he, Mac Jones is not going to move that needle for this team like that. Okay. By the way, Harry Douglas, Freddie coming together on Fitz and Harry and ESPN Radio. I'll disagree with you slightly when it comes to Mac Jones when it comes to this. More than ever before in modern football, you can't out-scheme people. Maybe Bill Belichick has realized that, that you got to have playmakers, either at quarterback, at wide receiver, wherever that is. It used to be you could do that and you get the Julian Edelmans of the world and make that work. In yeah. modern football now, Harry, you can't do that and think that's going to work and win a championship. Not with all the dudes you just mentioned that have playmakers everywhere or make guys better. Maybe that's why the Patriots could be out on Mac Jones more than ever before. Maybe that's well, it. Well, no, but, the, but that, that, that was part of my thing, though, Freddie. Like, I just don't think Mac Jones is the guy to go toe-to-toe because at the end of the day, when you need your quarterback to go toe-to-toe against another one of those other guys, you, you got to feel comfortable in doing it. I don't think they feel comfortable with that with Mike, Mac Jones. They really don't, and apparently not giving enough playmakers to prove that. Maybe there's yes. some element of truth to that, what you just said. We're going to update you in the second day of the NCAA tournament, and who could be today's Furman and Princeton like they were yesterday? It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. 